Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. I use Podgo. That's how I run all of my ads here on She's Going Places, and it is seriously amazing for small podcasters to get advertisements. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. And be sure to add our podcast, She's Going Places, in the How Did You Hear About Podgo section of the application. Hey, what's up, you guys? You are listening to the She's Going Places podcast. I'm your host, Taylor, and welcome back to another Wednesday how are we feeling? How are we doing? Your midweek check-in is here. If you're new here, I'm Taylor. So happy to have you listening to the She's Going Places podcast. And without further ado, I just feel like we need to hop right in. You saw the title, 21 Things I've Learned in 21 Years. When you guys are listening to this, my 21st birthday was last Saturday, okay? And so it's still fresh. It's still new. We're still in like, we're moving on from birthday mode, but still super happy about my birthday and just having a new year, a uh, fresh perspective. I feel like with my birthday, because I'm technically a year younger than everyone that's like my year in school, my birthdays are always like a finally instead of like, oh, I'm so excited to be this age, if that makes any sense. So my 21st birthday has just been like a long time coming because everyone else around me is like about to turn 22. And so I always just feel like a baby. And so I feel like my birthday is always like, okay, yeah, like this isn't even that exciting. But your 21st birthday, as everyone knows, I just feel like it's like one of the, it's the big birthdays, like your 16th birthday, your 10th birthday, and your 21st birthday are like huge milestone years. And so it feels really fun to be in one and to have that kind of a birthday. And so my birthday was awesome. I felt very celebrated by some of my closest and dearest friends. They just went out of their way to just make me feel so loved and so celebrated. And if you're listening to this, you know who you are. You know who I'm talking about. And y'all are just some of the biggest blessings in my life. I mean, I could just gush and go on and on and on about how grateful I am for my handful of friends that just, they just mean like a whole nother level to me. And so I felt very loved and really just had like a good fresh perspective on relationships and how I'm doing and things like that this year. And so without further ado, let's hop into this week's episode. I've always seen YouTube videos and podcast episodes about blank things I've learned in blank years and that's always been like a cute thing. I've always loved it. I like watching them and hearing them because I love good like nuggets of wisdom. But when I found myself coming up with 21 things that I learned, it actually was really difficult. I found myself being really overwhelmed with what I wanted to share or what I wanted to be like the 21 things that I've learned. And so this is not like a fully extensive list. I've not only learned 21 things in 21 years. I've learned a lot. But these are some things that I felt like were very formative lessons that I've learned. It's more so lessons than things over the years and something that I think that you guys will all really learn a lot from and benefit from. Some of them are kind of funny and then obviously some of them are more serious. But yeah, without further ado, here is 21 things I've learned in 21 years. Okay, this first one's a funny one. Number one, 
you don't need to shave or remove every ounce of body hair that you have. <laughs> I thought that this was a funny one to start with because I feel like every girl goes to that phase, like in end of elementary school, beginning of middle school, where all of a sudden you're repulsed by every ounce of body hair that you have and you want to shave your legs and your arms and your stomach and your armpits and your face and like you want your eyebrows and your mustache. You like literally want any ounce of body hair absolutely gone. And I remember experiencing this. So I started, I actually shaved my legs for the first time I think in fourth or fifth grade. I was super insecure about it because I mean like I have really like dark Italian Native American coarse thick hair and so it wasn't cute like all my blonde friends that you couldn't really see their leg hair like I you know I had some body hair and so I was really insecure about that so my mom let me start shaving then which seems kind of young but like I felt at the time I was very grateful for it and then I don't remember like when certain things happened but the biggest one here where I had originally come up with this was shaving your arms if you have shaved your arms I'm really sorry because what I'm about to say is probably gonna like cut deep but I really wanted to shave my arms probably in sometime in middle school and my mom was just like listen to me I have your best interests at heart <laughs> I love you like I'm not saying you can't like shave things from your body hair like I've let you shave your legs like I I'm taking we're getting your mustache wax like we're doing the things do not shave your arms like you will regret that and I just for some reason I, I believed her I bought into it and I didn't and I am so grateful that I did not do that because my mom did it when she was in middle school and she's like I've had to shave my arms now ever since like it's just not it's not one more thing that you want on your plate and I can say confidently now as a 21 year old I'm very grateful that I did not shave my arms I also just feel it's weird to not have arm hair like arm hair is normal and my arm hair like body hair is normal but I understand legs like I cannot go out with like hairy legs but like arms like who cares you know what I mean and so over the years I've definitely learned how to embrace my body hair a lot more when I was not to tell a, a traumatic tale but when I was in like mm, second grade I was like sitting outside of my second grade class like oh my gosh I'm about to expose myself sitting outside my second grade class and waiting to go in and my safety patrol who was in fifth grade looked at me and was like nice mustache <laughs> and you can tell I remember his name Monty thank you thank you Monty for scarring me as a child and making me start getting my mustache wax in like third grade so there's that thanks Monty but I've, that's always just been like an insecurity I guess I had at a young age because I just didn't understand that like bodies were different girls had different types of body hair like it, it's just different and like then I got to a point where I was like literally like shaving my knuckles and shaving my legs and like boys probably don't even realize how much girls shave but I just I've learned that it's just like not every piece of body hair is a bad thing like and like body hair is there for a reason like I also at one point wanted to get rid of my eyebrows no eyebrows I begged my mom. I was like, I do not want eyebrows. <laughs> and so I'm grateful that I have those. You know what I'm saying? And so overall, if you're thinking about shaving your stomach, which I did do, definitely regret doing that. Shaving your stomach or shaving your arms, don't do it. Everywhere else, go for it. Number two, don't let people mistake your confidence for being bossy, controlling, or overbearing. I have been told my entire life that like how I'm assertive and how I am really confident in how I feel. Typically people who are insecure, 
will then take that and be like, well, you're being really overbearing. And it's not even about that. It's just like differences in personalities. And it's like, I'm never going to apologize for speaking my mind or standing up for myself or having an opinion. There's just no need because there's nothing wrong with it. Of course, I've learned and you'll hear about it later. Like, when's a good time to shut your mouth? But don't let people to like call you, like minimize how you present yourself and just being, you're just bossy. You're just overbearing. Like, you're just super controlling. Which, don't get me wrong, sometimes that can be true, and sometimes that can be true for me, but don't let people, like, take that and be like, oh, and, like, minimize it. Like, that's something that, especially that you have, you're a competent person, those are going to be leadership skills, that's what my mom always would say to my preschool teachers, I'm like, Taylor's a little bossy, and my mom's like, well, she's going to be a leader. Number three, it's okay to spend money on things that make you happy. I have gone through waves of spending and saving money guilt where I feel like I'm hoarding my money and then I'm like, oh, I just feel guilty about like being obsessive over like trying to save, but then I'll spend my money and feel guilty and like I should be saving. And I feel like there's never like a good answer or like a a perfect solution. Like everyone's always going to have an opinion. And so what I've learned in the last 21 years is that Money is just a resource, which I've talked about in money episodes. And so if you want to pay for something that is going to like bring joy into your day, no. Is money everything? Absolutely not. Can you buy happiness? No. But like if a $5 coffee every day makes your day better or like makes you happy, that's how you should be spending your money. Like your money should be like serving you because once again, just a resource. It's not like an end all be all. And so for me, if I want to spend money on makeup, okay, yes, this is something I spend money on. So I splurge on makeup. I buy, like, really nice makeup. I definitely invest money into my makeup. I haven't been buying a lot lately because I have, like, a good bit, like, how many more palettes or, like, bronzers and stuff do you need? But that's where I would spend my money. And, like, nice makeup's pretty expensive, And so, but I would always feel, like, guilty for being, like, I could buy drugstore makeup, or I should be doing this, or I could be saving my money. But at the end of the day, doing my makeup, like, really makes me happy, and I like having products that I really enjoy using, because then I use them. If I didn't like how a foundation looked looked on me, I just wouldn't use it. But because I love these products, and I like using them, and it's, like, a fun thing for me to get to sit down and do my makeup... To me, that's a worthwhile investment, and and it's become something I really enjoy doing. Like, I used to love watching, like, beauty influencers reviewing products and giving product recommendations, and I do purchase them because I just, I like products, like, I like skincare, I like, I like things like that. That's where I spend a lot of money, and some people spend money on clothes, and some people spend money on eating out, and some people spend money on accessories, or I don't know what, there's so many things you can spend your money on, but it's okay to spend money on things that make you happy. And that's going to be different for everyone. And your friends might disagree with how you spend your money. This is not me saying be irresponsible, but like the thing that your friend thinks is worth the money might not be worth it for you. So just find your thing and then you don't really have to apologize for it. Definitely be responsible. But at the end of the day, if the ex- the extra expensive lip balm is going to like make your day that much better when you put it on, that's worth it. Number four. It's actually really cool to be close with your parents. I love this one because I just remember being in middle school specifically. 
and it's, I never, like, didn't like my parents. Like, I never had that phase. I have awesome parents. But I remember just thinking that they were so dumb or they didn't understand what I was going through or they couldn't possibly comprehend what it was like to be a 14-year-old girl with my experience and all the boys that I wanted to talk to and all the things I wanted to do. And I just, like, I don't know. I just didn't think it was, like, cool to be friends with your parents. Like, I had my friends. Like, I didn't need to talk to my mom about what I was going through. I wanted to talk to my my cool friends. Well, turns out those girls stink and they don't have your back. And you're in middle school and no one is a loyal, good friend. Your only loyal, good friend who's 100% for you, in my case, was my mom. And so I just love this one for anyone out there who maybe... Like, your parents are, like, trying to have a really good relationship with you, and you might be resisting that a little bit. One of the most important relationships that I have in my life right now is my relationship with my parents. Like, as a college student, like, I need my parents. I love my parents. They are amazing. Um, And I like to be close with them. I want to hang out with them. Like, they're just amazing people, and now that I'm in a place where soon I won't be living at home. Mom, if you're listening, please don't cry. Um, my dad doesn't listen to these. Um, I don't know. Like, it's just like a sad realization. Like, I want to hang out with my parents. I want to spend time with them. I want to cook dinner with them. I want to be just sitting on the couch watching TV with them. And it's a good thing to have a good relationship with your parents because not everyone gets it. Not everyone has a good relationship with their parents because of their parents or because of certain circumstances. And so if you have and you're blessed to have parents who love you unconditionally and want the best for you, don't don't disregard that because your stupid girlfriends don't think it's cool to be besties with your parents. Spend time with your family because you're all of a sudden going to be 21 and wish you had more time at home. Number five, not everyone has to stay in your life forever. This one was a really hard one to learn. I've learned it the hard way over and over and over and over again. And I've had a lot of friendship breakups. I've had a lot of rough patches, a lot of drifting. Like I've gone, I've gone through a lot of friends and I found myself just clinging to the relationships based on principle and I found myself begging and going out of my way to keep people in my life and and I've just had to learn over time that not everyone has to be like has to be lifers like the girls you were friends with in kindergarten or in middle school or in high school don't need to be there when you're 50. It's okay it's natural to drift it's a normal part of life Once you graduate high school, a lot of times then you don't have a lot in common anymore because you're having different experiences. That's okay. That's normal. I've just had to learn that it's okay to have relationships that are seasonal, and that's an awesome thing. It's very few people in my life have been lifers, you know? Like, it's it's a normal experience. I don't even know what my friendships are going to look like post-college. I mean, I know there's going to be drifting and there's going to be a lot of changes and I can't even anticipate what those are going to look like, but I can anticipate that it's going to happen. And I think it's awesome to be able to sit back and appreciate that, like, that was my good friend in college or that was my really good friends from high school or middle school or from church or whatever that season of life looked like for you. 
you can look back on that and think really fondly of those memories and nothing even has to happen. There doesn't have to be a big friendship breakup. There doesn't have to be an incident. You guys just drift and you can look back and be really grateful for the time that you had together and respect that things are different now. And that's totally okay. And so I wish someone could have just like grabbed me by the shoulders and been like, girl, stop begging people to stay. It's normal for things to change. It's normal for there to be bends and breaks and like ebbs and flows. Number six, don't just talk just to talk. I, this is probably, this is something I'm still learning, but I have gotten a lot better at is that when I was in high school, once I realized I could just talk about anything, I would just talk about anything and there would be a silence and I would fill it or I would add something even if I didn't feel that strongly about it or I would speak before I thought. And I realized I was just talking and just filling air and saying nonsense. And sometimes it's okay to just be quiet and shut up. I've definitely been learning that in college because then you catch yourself saying things and you're like, why did I say that? And then all of a sudden your words mean like less and less and less because you're just shouting your opinions about things that don't really matter. You're maybe butting in to situations that are none of your business, speaking up about things just because. Like it, it's really good to evaluate why you're saying what you're saying, what are the consequences, what's, what is its purpose. Like, there's a lot of layers, and so that's definitely a lesson I've learned a lot about and will continue to learn, to not just talk, just simply to talk, or you don't always have to have something to add or something to say, or you don't always have to disagree, or like, sometimes you can just be, like, there's people, and I would never understand it, who could have a whole, like, sit in a group conversation and not say a word, that I just have never had that experience in my life, I always have something to say, I always have something to add, I always can talk about anything, I could literally talk to a brick wall, and so this is definitely not my reflex, but I've had to really train myself to, like, what I'm about to say is not really going to add anything to the conversation, or maybe what I'm about to say isn't going to be super uplifting, so I'm just not going to say it. And I've really watched, especially with gossip, that transforms some of my conversations that I'm having. Because I'm like, if what I'm about to say is not going to benefit anyone, it's not going to uplift every like there's no good purpose for it, then why am I saying it? So that's just been a really interesting lesson. Number seven, don't take yourself too seriously. I am the definition of taking myself too seriously, or I was. I just thought that the world was resting on my shoulders. I thought that every decision that I made was life or death. I thought my reputation was everything, which y'all know. I just thought that everyone was watching me, which, how narcissistic. That's just, that's just not true. That's just pride. Um, I would be super rigid. I cared about what people thought in a not in a sense that I, like, cared about their opinions about me, but I cared about how they viewed me, if that makes any sense. Like, I would do something unpopular and, like, be that girl, and I liked it when people talked about me. It was more so I just liked what my name meant or what reputation preceded me. And so I just took myself so seriously for that, and I, I didn't even worry about people's criticism, and so it's kind of weird that I had, like, it was like a double-edged sword, because I'm, as I'm talking it out, it's like, oh, I just didn't, I didn't care about what other people thought about me, but I cared about how they viewed me, if that makes any sense, but I took myself way too seriously, I was way too rigid with myself academically, extracurricularly, in relationships, like, I wanted to be the most mature person in the room, I wanted to handle things like an adult, and I just never really let myself be a 
middle schooler or a high schooler. Like, I was constantly, like, thinking, like, how would I act if I was in high school right now? Like, I need to act like a cool high schooler. And I I just never really let myself just, like, be. And I just, like, took that so seriously. Everything was intense. I didn't let mistakes happen. Mistakes would ruin my day. And at the end of the day, I'm looking back, I'm like, none of that really mattered too much. Like, I could have just not done my homework that night and hung out with my friends, or I could have just watched TV. Like, there were just nights where I maybe was way too hard on myself, and I took myself way too seriously, and I wouldn't put myself out there in situations if I didn't think that they would end up favorably for me, because everything was life or death. And so, in the last 21 years, and now as a 21-year-old, I can say, like, there's certain things that just don't matter. Like, The difference is that I'm actually confident now in my decisions and so I don't have to worry about what people think about me because I don't care. I actually don't care now and I'm actually confident and so if I'm going to do something that maybe isn't the most popular or like, I don't know, like for example, drinking on my 21st birthday, like yeah, like I've never talked about alcohol in here, but I like I drink. I don't have any I don't have anything wrong with that and I'm sure there's people who were like I old to me would have been like oh my gosh what do people think about me drinking and now I just don't care because like I know how I feel about it within myself and that's all that matters and so that's the sense that I feel like where it's the don't take yourself too seriously and just enjoy your life because duh number eight not sleeping isn't cool you, like, actually need to rest. I used to think it was really cool to, like, have insomnia when I was in middle school and high school. Like, I thought that was, like, the cool thing to do was to stay up all night. And so I would do it. Like, why? Like, you need to sleep. Like, I don't know at what point is it fed to us that it's, like, when you don't sleep, you're a little bit cooler or, like, you don't need as much sleep. Like, that's just not true. Like, Bessie, get your eight to nine hours in with no shame literally no shame. And like staying up all night and then sleeping till 11 a.m., that's also just not that cool. But I thought it was like, oh yeah, I slept till 11. Like what? Like when, I don't know if I'm like the only one who has ever felt that way, but I just, I just remember feeling like that being like, oh yeah, sorry, I slept in till like 10.30. And I thought that like made me look cooler. No, you need your sleep. You need to rest. Staying up all night is not cute. Sleep is important. It's what makes you function. It'll make you more productive throughout the day. I just want to throw that one in there because I just thought that that was funny because I used to think my sleep deemed my coolness. Number nine, you will be thankful that certain relationships and opportunities didn't work out. Man, I feel like I could write a book about number nine. I just would always be going through something and someone would be like, one day you're going to look back on this and understand why this was happening or like, the Lord's working through this, this, this. And I just never got it. And now looking back on some of the decisions, some of the relationships, some of the opportunities that I didn't get or things that didn't work out that felt so devastating at the time, those experiences were so formative for me. And if they had worked out, I wouldn't have the life that I have now. Isn't that crazy? Like, it's just honestly, it's really cool looking back and seeing why certain things didn't work out and why it was better that way and how that was truly a part of the Lord's plan to like guide my steps in certain directions. Like even 
like colleges I maybe didn't get into the program I wanted to get into which then led me to Sanford or relationships with boys that didn't work out that led me to Hunter or friendship breakups ending that led me to new friends like there's certain experiences that are maybe really awful to experience at the time or maybe you don't get certain leadership positions or opportunities but then that opens the door for you to do new opportunities and that to have new relationships and it just like makes you who you are and I feel like a lot of those disappointments really refined me and my priorities and how I viewed relationships with boys and with friends and with everything and so I wish I could just look at my like 12 to 18 year old self and be like you are going to be so thankful that you're not friends with her anymore even though it hurts or you're going to be so thankful that you didn't date him because it gets a lot better or you're going to be so thankful that you didn't get into that school because you're actually going to go to this one number 10 everyone is insecure about something this was an interesting lesson to learn because Overall, growing up, I wouldn't have considered myself a super insecure person. Like, if someone asked me if I was insecure, I would have said no. But I definitely was. Like, I had tons of insecurities. But there were, like, certain things that I was so insecure about that that was just normal to me. Like, I wouldn't have even labeled them as insecurities. Isn't that so bad? I definitely was always, and honestly, still, I still am is a stretch. Like, to the extent, it's very different. But, like, insecure about, like, my appearance and like how I looked and what I was doing and if people liked my Instagram photo, like things like that was always really insecure about, but like that was just a normal thing for me. Like I remember being so insecure about how many likes I got on my Instagram pictures that I had like spam accounts that I would like go on and like my own Instagram pictures as like a 13 year old. Like that's not something a 13 year old should think, but I didn't want people to see my photo have less than 80 likes on it. And so I needed to go on and get those extra five likes because people are going to care so much. And then all of a sudden I realized that everyone has their thing. I would have friends tell me how insecure they were about their nose. And I had just never been insecure about my nose. And I was like, what are you talking about? But that's what they were really insecure about. I had a girl who was really insecure about, um, I mean, body is a pretty normal thing to be insecure about. Um, it's just like common. Like I feel like everyone at some point has been insecure about their body, um, or insecure about what they're wearing or insecure about their parents or insecure. Like all of a sudden you realize even the most confident girl or the girl with the best Instagram feed or the skinniest girl, the prettiest girl, there's something that they're insecure about and there's just kind of like a piece with that where you can just like sit back and be like we're all kind of in the same boat we all struggle with different things and we all have our own thing in the back of our head that's like making us freak out but we all are connected by the fact that we have that thing and I think with the insecurity level when I was dealing with some relationships that were not good for me like girl friendships People would always tell me like, oh, she's only being mean to you because she's so insecure or she's so jealous of you. And that to me, I I couldn't perceive that like, as a seventh grader. That just didn't make any sense. I'm like, why would she be jealous of me? Like, what does she have to be jealous about? And now looking back as a 21-year-old, I can confidently say that like <laughs> from a more mature lens of being like, at the time I didn't put any value in it, but she was probably jealous of my relationship with my family. 
She was probably jealous of opportunities that I was given in school. She was probably jealous of my grades, like things that I didn't put any worth into because that's what was my normal. She was jealous of, but I'm like, why would you be jealous about that? Like, of course I get all A's on everything. Like, that's not even cool. But to her, that might have been everything. You know what I mean? Or having parents who care and pay attention and are at everything. Like, at the time, that wasn't something that I thought that was worth being jealous over because that's what I had. And I was like, my parents aren't even that cool. (laughs) Um, And she envied that. You know what I mean? So there's a lot more to people's insecurities than you even think. And a lot of times when girls are being mean, it's because they're just insecure about something that they have. And that takes a lot of growing up to kind of acknowledge. Number 11. Do not base your standard of love on TV shows, books, movies, social media, etc. Holy moly, this has bitten me in the butt. And I had to learn this lesson like weirdly because I didn't really date at all throughout middle school and high school. And I kind of just like pegged it as like my standards were pretty high. No boys at my high school were like that awesome for me. Don't get me wrong, I was like boy crazy. But I would always say I didn't, I wasn't dating because of those things. But I would get like, obsessed is the wrong word, but like I would view love and view relationships based on what I was seeing in TV and reading in books and watching in movies because that was like my only exposure to like 15 year olds dating because no one in my real life, like were you getting like an inside look at like cute conversations that couples were having and I was able to watch TV shows and especially I just remember this one vividly so it's an easy like watching Gossip Girl and seeing Chuck and Blair and seeing how volatile their relationship was but seeing how passionate their relationship was and thinking that was love and then all of a sudden you get into a real life relationship and you guys don't come from millionaire families where he can fly to all the different countries with all of your different favorite things and surprise you in front of the plaza with them. All of a sudden, that's just not your life. And then all of a sudden, you feel like your love life is inadequate or maybe he's not good enough because of that and you don't even realize that that standard is in the back of your head or you look at some toxicity that is displayed as passion in media and then when he's actually really kind and respectful of your boundaries, you're just like, oh, he's so boring. And so that is a lesson that I have definitely learned. Well, it's just, just, that's just not real. Like it's fabricated, it's worded perfectly, it's staged, it's the author or the writer's fantasized version of the perfectly curated love moment. And that's not real. That's not real people. Those are not real things. And so your standard of love should be based off tangible relationships that you see in your real life. It should be real people. And that goes into social media is that what you see on social media, just because they are real people, they're putting out the best parts of their relationship. I've never posted on Instagram when Hunter and I have fought. That is not on my Instagram. And so I'm sure there's some girl who listens to this podcast who has heard, I mean, if you've heard me talk on this podcast, you know our relationship is not perfect, but has, like, maybe seen my Instagram and just sees our cute pictures together, and it's like, things are so great. No, it's hard. We work hard for our relationship. I cry when I'm not with him. We fight about things. We disagree. We've gone through a lot together. Like, there's so much more depth, but I think that's what makes love so special, and that just 
honestly cannot even be portrayed in TVs or movies and things like that. And so definitely guard your heart with who you're comparing your relationships to. If you're comparing them to like your friend's relationship, that's like a different scenario. That's a whole other topic that I can maybe talk about, but I'm saying here, do not be like, well, he's not Chuck Bass. Like, I'm sorry, bestie. No one's Chuck Bass. You're 11. (laughs) You know what I mean? Number 12. That's kind of going off of this other one. Being experienced isn't always the best thing. I know for me, and I know I think I keep on talking about middle school and high school, but I just think that's just, it's such a formative time, and it really was for me. I didn't even realize it at the time, but, like, now looking back, like, that was when I was really developing some of my opinions, and I was learning a lot of lessons at this time, but I used to think that, like, the goal or, like, the aim was to be experienced physically with relationships. Or it was like my value was in how many people I've kissed or been with or talked to or how many boys I was talking to, how many boys were Snapchatting me, how many, like, I got so caught up in that. And so, and I wasn't doing that a ton. And so then when I would talk to boys, it was putting me in a bad situation, especially when I was in middle school where I wasn't experienced and so then I would like try and pretend to be so that the boy would like me and that would always just end up biting me in the butt and and like all these girls were always talking about like oh my gosh I made out with this person and I went here and I did this and I did this and I just wasn't doing those things and so I felt really inadequate um I put myself in positions I shouldn't have because I thought that, that was like the norm and I thought that was something I needed to do I thought I was behind I thought I like I felt like, weird for not having my first kiss, or for not doing this, or for not drinking, or for not, like, doing all of these different experiences at a younger age, and looking back, I can just say, like, being experienced at those things and time periods when maybe you shouldn't be, that's not cool, and it's not the best thing. There's something wrong with it. I think everyone has their own life, and you can do that, but, like, for me, as someone who, like, hadn't even been really in the same room as alcohol until college, which I don't know, maybe you guys have had a similar experience. Like, I didn't even go to a party in high school because I was obsessed with my reputation. But I just didn't put myself in those positions, and so I felt really behind when all my friends would talk about them drinking when we were, like, 16 or, like, going to concerts and doing all these different things. And I just, like, felt bad about myself for not doing those things. But they didn't feel right, so I wasn't doing them. And now I can look back and be so grateful that there were certain experiences. Do I think that now, looking back, was all that as big of a deal as I made it in my head? No. But I'm happy that I stayed true to me at the time and what I needed. Because if I would have done those things, I don't know what would have happened. I don't know who I would be. I don't know. Because they're just such formative years. So, in general, being experienced isn't always the best thing love where you're at because sometimes like now at this point I'm like sometimes I just wish I was 14 again you know okay 13 crying is a normal bodily reaction that is good for you okay I just need to say that I used to think crying was like a sign of weakness it is not your body is built to self-soothe and part of that is crying I am I've learned that I am a crier and that's okay, and it's helpful for me to process my emotions, and it's not a sign of weakness. I don't look stupid. So I just wanted to throw that in there because that was just a hard a hard one for me. 
14. Do not apologize for doing things that make you happy, even if those things look different than others. I touched on this with the money, but at the end of the day, like, I, one thing I've always struggled with is, like, productivity shaming, where, for me, things that, like, my form of rest or my form of, like, relaxing is watching TV or scrolling on TikTok or being on social media and just, like, zoning out, whereas, like, someone else might be going on a run or, like, cleaning is how they do it, and one might seem more <laughs> productive or better than the other, and I, people would make comments being like, oh, and this is honestly something I've really experienced in high school, being like, oh, oh, you're resting, oh, you're not really doing that much, and it's just like, this is, this is what I need, like, if you feel rejuvenated by going on, like, a run or working out or cleaning or whatever it is that you do, awesome. For me, I need to sit here. I need no one to speak to me, and I just want to scroll on TikTok for 30 minutes. And you don't have to apologize for that. Everyone's different. Everyone handles stress differently. Everyone does things differently. Like, don't apologize. Like, if you want a nap, take a nap. If And I've even been vocal about saying, like, oh, yeah, no, like, I wouldn't nap. But it's, like, if that's something that you need to do, because it makes you happy and makes you have a better day. You don't have to apologize for it. If you need to just, like, go home and, like, retreat to your room and not talk to people. If you need to read. If you... Just don't let anyone, like, tell you how, like, what things you should do that make you happy. If that makes sense. Like, they're going to look different than your friends. And that's totally okay. Okay. Number 15. Quantity over quality is never the way to go. I really struggled with this with friendships that I just wanted a ton of friends like my whole life I just wanted so many friends I wanted so many options I wanted so many people to comment on my Instagram pictures I wanted so many people to want to sit with me at lunch I wanted so many people to talk to during the day and so because of that I kind of foregoed quality friendships and that bit me in the butt because then when push came to shove or when things got hard these relationships aren't super, all of these surface level relationships, no one's loyal, no one's dedicated, you haven't let anyone in, and I had a quantity, but then if, like, something really bad happens to you, and your reputation goes in the toilet, all that quantity just goes away, and you don't have these, like, really rooted, awesome relationships, and so for me, I know everyone always talks about, like, four quarters is better than a hundred pennies, or whatever the analogy is, but it really is so true and I'm I'm honestly still learning that as a 21 year old it is something I'm still actively experiencing like learning like I don't need to have a hundred people in my corner um I need my I have like a, a good like my family and my core friends like that's all I need like I don't I just I don't need all of this extra fluff I don't need to be super close with every single person I know I don't need it's just not important to me and I was really proud of myself that I when I got to college, I really prioritized the quality of the relationships I was making over quantity because I just didn't do that in high school. 16. You need to grieve things ending too. That includes friendships, relationships, and experiences. I would get so mad at myself for being sad about a friendship ending or relationship not working out or not getting a certain experience. And then I would feel stupid for being sad about it. But it's just natural for you to, like, need to, like, grieve that ending or for you, like, especially friendship breakups. I feel like I've talked about them a lot. Can you tell I've gone through a lot of them? I just, with some of these friendship breakups, by me not dealing with it while it was happening, it's made me, like, I still have some effects of friendship breakups. Like, I not hang on to, but there's, like, there's certain people in my life that 
I had a friendship breakup with falling out, but because I never really, like, handled it or dealt with it, like, it still, like, sits in the back of my mind. It's just, like, I can't, like, 100% move on. Granted, do I think about them all the time now? No. But when their name comes up, like, my brain instantly goes there. It's absolutely crazy. And so that's something I've learned. It's just, like, it's good to grieve it and good to give yourself closure with it. And then I've had maybe a friendship breakup in college, and I just don't care at all because I grieved it, and I was like, wow, that sucked. Okay. And then you're able to move on. But if you're not able to admit that things are hard or that things actually are over, hi for you or everyone who's clinging on to maybe a relationship that they shouldn't be in. When you're able to acknowledge and vocally say it's over and it's done and put a pretty bow on it, it's so much easier to move on. So much easier. 17. It's okay not to know what's next and figure things out on the go. Ooh, I hate this one. I hate it. I hate it so much because I love to know what's happening next. I love to know my next five moves. I don't like figuring things out on the fly. I'm not a go with the flow type of girl. But with me in my life right now, I'm kind of realizing that I can't hold tightly to how I thought things were going to be because things will change. And when you hold tightly to something, that's what makes the change hard. Whereas if you're open palmed with something, things will come and things will go. But since you're not gripping it so tight, it's not going to hurt as bad. And so for me, I'm, I am actively like releasing expectations of what this next season of life will look like. Um, cause I don't know, like, I don't know what it's like to be married. I don't know what it's like to live in a completely new state. I don't know what it's like to be a working professional at the same time. I, there's so many experiences I don't know. And people can like, people can prepare you for college being like, this is what's going to happen. You jump into, like, post-grad, married, job, like, there's so much encapsulated in that that it's, like, almost, like, they, people can try to prep you, but, like, life is going to throw so much at me in this next year, and so I'm almost just bracing myself that it's, like, I don't know what's going to happen next or what the next, I mean, like, I know these all these big next steps, but then after that, it's, like, now you're just living. Like, there's not this, like, built-in next step, next step, next step. Okay, in two years you do this, four years you do this, one year you do this. That's kind of ending for me, and I'm kind of freaking out about it, but I'm learning how to accept the fact that, like, I can figure it out on the fly. It's okay to react as opposed to, like, trying to predict everything, and so, yeah, 18. This one's, mm, this one hurts. People will disappoint you, but duh, they're human. I... My toxic trait is my expectations for people. It's just, I have high expectations. I have high expectations for everyone in my life. I have high expectations for every experience that I have because I come into things at like 150%. Things that I'm excited about, I do it to the fullest. People that I care about, I'm there for them 110%. People that I love, like, there's no part of me that gives someone half of me if I care, you know? like. I'm an all-or-nothing type of person, and yeah, this one's just hard because I've just had so many experiences where my expectations for other people were too high, and to me, that's like a normal height of expectation, but I've just been hurt and disappointed over and over and over again solely because 
I didn't manage my expectations properly because at the end of the day, people are human and people are selfish. I'm selfish. I think about myself when I act. Um, I want to do things that benefit me. That's a, that's a normal feeling to have. And so I have a hard time in other relationships because I have a tendency to go out of my way for people. I always go the extra mile. I do my best. Even if I don't have a lot to give, I give it. Even if it might not look like I'm able to do a lot, I do it. Like I don't I don't <laughs> miss opportunities to celebrate people. I don't not pick up the phone when they need me. I don't I make everyone a priority almost to like the deficit of myself. And that just hasn't been my experience with other people and like people don't love me how I love them. And so it's been a lot of trial and error in a lot of different relationships because of like I know the kind of friend I am and it's really hard to find friends like me. And I've even struggled being like that's prideful to say, but it's something I pride myself on. I'm a really great friend. <laughs> and I'm a really great person to have in your corner. I root for you 100%. I'm on your team 100%. Like I do anything for my close friends. And so it's really hard while getting close to people and then being disappointed that they don't handle things maybe how you would handle them. And so that's just something I learned that it, people are going to disappoint you and it's you need to manage your expectations. And that's not meant to sound cynical. It's just for me, that's something that I've had to and continue to have to adjust so that it doesn't put strains on all my relationships. 17, not 17, 19. You are not designed to be everyone's superhero. So like I was saying, for my people, I do everything. If they need, they, I am at their beck and call. They say they need me at this, at four o'clock in the morning, I'm there. If they're going through something hard, I'm the one texting them. If, like, literally, there'll be people who I'm not even super close with, but I remember that it's like the anniversary of like someone really important to them passing away and even though we're not super close I'm the one who will always reach out and always check in I'm constantly thinking about how I can be there for someone I'm constantly worried about how someone else is doing I'm always thinking about how my actions affect other people I'm hyper aware of it and to the point where like I'll apologize for things when I'm not supposed like this is like where like, I come across really like, oh, I'm a bad B. Like, I'm confident. I know what I want. I don't apologize for how I feel. But when it comes to other people that I really care about, I'll apologize for things that are not my fault because I know it. Like, it just, like, hurt them to be in the conflict. And I'll, be, I'll just be like, I'm so sorry because I just want them to feel better. Even though I didn't do anything wrong or things like that. And the truth of the matter is, is I'm not anyone's superhero. I cannot, like, save them. I cannot fix everything. I've not been put on this earth to be a fixer. I cannot carry everyone's burdens. I cannot be there for everyone every second of every day because I've tried to do this and I've just burnt myself into the ground. Um, I've really been in a seasonal period of like being like, what does it look like to put myself first? And normally I would say like, oh my gosh, yeah, I always put myself first. I care so much about myself. But I think I say that as like a front because I just really don't. Like I will lay down anything for people and 
that's not healthy either. And so I think that this lesson is like twofold. It's like one for you, like you cannot be there to save everyone else. Like you need to save yourself. You need to work on yourself. You need to make you a priority. But then also it's just like, you're not equipped to handle everyone's burdens. Also, you are not the perfect solution to everyone's problems. That's where pride comes in. It's that I think I'm the one who can give them advice on everything. And I think I'm the one who can interject my opinions because they'll be helpful. And the truth of the matter is, is like, sometimes I don't have the experience that equips me to handle situations. Sometimes I'm just not the right girl to go to. Sometimes people just choose not to share with me. And that's really hard. And that's when my pride takes a hit. But at the end of the day, like, this is something I've truly learned is like, I don't have to be everyone's everything. And that's a good thing. 20. Even when people look their happiest, they might be at their saddest. This is honestly something that I'm just, like, like me. I mean, I've had this experience with other people when they look amazing, but they have a lot going on. Like, we all know that. But even I can say that from my experiences, sometimes when I'm at my worst... And it's really hard with this podcast because, like, being transparent real time, it's hard because I'm trying to protect my personal life. But I want to share with y'all because it's at its most relatable. But, like, I'm just going through, like, a ton right now. And, and no one would know, you know? You all wouldn't know. I put out these awesome episodes or I'm super high energy. And, wow, I didn't even think I was going to say this. Okay where I'm doing amazing and I have a cute Instagram feed and things look awesome or maybe even people who are right beside me in my life day to day think I'm doing amazing and I'm not Um, I'm going through a lot right now and so this is just like a, a reminder for everyone listening it's like check on your happy friends too or check on your friends that are have everything together and they don't need other people supposedly it's a lot of times it's just because they probably feel like a burden and don't want to ask yeah it's hard <laughs> feeling like a burden is hard and feeling like you've always been the girl who's really put together like so no one needs to worry about you because you're a big girl and you handle your own stuff like I don't need to be babied right now I, I that's probably what I do need but I'm too afraid to ask for it because I've just put on this persona and I and I like this persona and, and then I just get in my head and I'm sad. I'm like, why is no one asking how I'm doing? Why does no one know that I'm really struggling right now? And it's like, well, you don't you don't give off that energy. No one knows, and it, it's just this constant yo-yo. And so, that's something that I've learned through other people and honestly through myself. It's just like appearing a certain way doesn't mean that things are all good. Like things can be really bad and at one of your friend's homes, they could be going through something really hard medically, a family member, like something bad might be happening, like financially things might not be good, and it's like no one's going to advertise the yucky stuff or the hard stuff or how they're doing, like I'm not going to walk around and be like, hey, someone's like, how are you? I'm like, oh yeah, my mental health is trash right now, like that's not how someone is going to respond to you out in public, and so be really intentional with the people that you really care about to like actually ask, you know, okay. Oh, I was not expecting all of that. Number 21. My worth is not found in the things I do. To say I've learned this 
would would not be true. It would not be true. I have not fully arrived. But I'm learning and have learned lessons about the damage of what putting your worth in what you do is and and striving in a season of striving to find your worth even like if you remove it from things like I feel like I do a pretty good job now of like not finding my worth in leadership positions like I used to but now it's just changed and now I find my worth in maybe my relationship with Hunter or I find my worth in this podcast or I find my like there's it just attaches to different things like once you conquer one and like you like lose your identity like I don't really find my worth in school anymore like I used to my grades and my GPA used to be like my whole identity or like I found my worth in my reputation neither of those things are really true anymore and I'm like oh yeah I'm doing great but that's just because I've just reassigned my worth into different places that are more of a priority for me now so really haven't learned that really haven't accomplished that and so now being in a season where like you're striving to find your worth in the only place you can find your worth which is in you in Christ and in your relationship with Christ and as a believer but I mean like that's just I just think I'll struggle with that for the rest of my life and I don't mean to be cynical it's just like there's just something about it for me it's it's a really difficult thing for me it's just like it's how I measure my success and it's how I measure my my worthiness it's how I measure my how was I adequate today did I do enough today I mean I'm sitting here recording this episode at 9 30 at night and I'm about to edit it and upload it and you guys will listen to it at six o'clock in the morning tomorrow because I'm like I have to have a great podcast and this is going to be a great episode and if that means I sacrifice sleep or I sacrifice maybe like some <laughs> anxiety like that's okay because I don't want to disappoint the thousand people who listen to this podcast and I'm not saying that being like, oh my gosh, like I do everything for you guys. But it's like, I love this podcast so much and I care so much about it that it's not even that my worth. It's like my identity is putting out good stuff and I would never want to like not put something out or put out something that isn't good enough because I just hold myself to such a high standard and that just falls back to my worth. And so my worth is not found in the things that I do. I'm learning that. I have not learned. I'm trying to learn. Sometimes I learn and then I forget. Um... But yeah, I feel like I just like ran through that. I know this has been a hefty episode, but that's 21 things I've learned in the last 21 years. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I hope you were able to get some good nuggets out of this week's episode and hopefully take something that I've learned and apply it to your life so that way you've learned it too by the time you're 21. Thank you so much for listening to the She's Going Places podcast. It seriously means the world every time you download an episode. If you liked this week's episode, it would mean so much to me if you'd go down below on Apple Podcasts and give us five stars, leave a review, and tell me exactly how you felt about this episode. Tell me you came from this week's episode. If you're not yet, go follow us on Instagram at She's Going Places podcast on Instagram. And yeah, that's about it. I have no idea what's next. I don't know what's coming. But you see, I'm learning that I don't need to know what's next week's episode that will come. We will get there. I love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. And let's go places together.